Hello, Texans, and welcome to the program. We have another Summer Specials Week special for you. Players past and present, Texans legends, community members. Tonight, it is going to be Jay Foreman, tackling machine from the early days of Texans history. Great guy as well. And other than that, a potpourri of running backs. Maybe I could come up with a better word. A smorgasbord of running backs. How about an assortment of running backs? That's what we're going to do. And a reminder, this is a legal issue, suspension issue, hearing issue free zone here tonight. Of course, I have plenty of thoughts on everything. We'll get to those later. This is about players past and present for your Houston Texans. And there's no better way to start this running back assortment we have than with a player who used to play for the nemesis. Boy, I did a Daily Brew this week on all-time Texans villains. We covered this on Monday with Johnny on the show, and three of those top five slots were occupied by Colts, Peyton Manning, T.Y. Hilton, and we gave one slot to the Lennon and McCartney of backfield torment, Mathis and Freeney. Those two went in as a pair, all-time Texans villains. If you're curious about the others, go to HoustonTexans.com and the Texans app and read the story Daily Brew from Wednesday. Anyway, this player, Marlon Mack, also participated in some big ones against the Houston Texans in the Royal Blue, including his performance in the playoff victory for Indy to cap the 2018 season. And I mean cap in a variety of ways here. Ouch! But Mac is now a Texan and looks spry at OTAs. Great to have him on the squad. Of course, when Johnny and I sat down with him at minicamp in the Hyundai Texans radio studio, it was going to be interesting for me feeling the way I do about Indianapolis. <laughs> I'm going to get emotional about this one. Marlon <laughs> Mack is with us. All right. I get it over talk. with. Get right, it over with Marlon, right now. Just so you know, and yeah. uh, welcome to the Texans. Thank you. Thank you. I hate the Colts like poison <laughs> in a healthy football sports right. way. So it's great to have you on our team now because I'm tired of you <laughs> doing the damage you've done against the Texans and that whole franchise. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be here. Can you help us get over the hump on them? Yes, I mean, sir. Definitely. All right. Good. Good. I'm glad. <laughs> yeah. When we think about Marlon Mack and we heard that we were signing you, the first thing we thought about, oh, my God, that playoff game. And then that yeah. sent us down a rabbit hole, that playoff game, where you just went absolutely nuts at that particular point. But the last couple of years, you've had a few injuries. I'm sure you've yeah. probably heard that along the right. way. And so people are like, what's he got left? So I asked Marlon Mack, yeah. what you got left? I think I got a lot left, man. Uh, this past few years has been, uh, been tough for me. But last year, I just didn't get that chance. And now I'm here with the Texans. They uh, just got to work. Hopefully I get that chance here and I'm going to go out there and do what I do. What's the system like for you? How do you see your fit in this system? What can you tell the fans about what it's going to look like? Uh, definitely going to be good for me. Um, hopefully breaking a lot of a lot of yards, a lot of <laughs> touchdowns. That's what, that's the plan. and uh, Hopefully I do that and bring some excitement to the football team. When you were growing up, A, did, did have you always played running back? Mm -hmm. And B, as you were playing running back, was there any particular guy that you looked after, uh -huh. looked at college or pro that you were like, "That's the guy I want to be like"? Uh, so I play, I play defense, play safety. Yep. Um, mm. growing up, uh, love safety, but then I just fell in love running the ball. Growing up, watching AP, yep. um, was one of the guys I watched a lot. Percy Harvin in college. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was, it was he's he was excitement. Uh, yep. and that's what I loved to watching, going there, watch people highlights, and go out there do what they do. All right, so let me take you back to Indy. Sorry. 
Uh, what was the biggest divisional rival? When you look at the Jags, the Titans, and the Texans, mm. who do the Colts see as a big rival? Or is it all kind of the same to them? Yeah. Uh, it was definitely all the same because, like, Colts, you couldn't, we couldn't win in Jacksonville for nothing. Um, <laughs> Texas, you know, you, you go get a good game no matter what. Defense was always good. And, um, Jackson, uh, Tennessee, mm-hmm. it was just like a back and forth. I mean, that's what I think with this division, you never know. <laughs> who you going to beat which week because you never know, man. Each week is like always a battle with these guys. The reason I asked you about who you watched mm-hmm. is there's a there's a patience. Now, we're watching without pads, but we've seen you play. Yeah. There's like a patience level to your run until you get to a point where there it is, boom, I'm gone. Like right. you have this patient level. Even back to USF, and I was actually watching this morning, I know we were talking to you, mm-hmm. going back and reminding you, oh, yeah, number five, okay. And watching you – hit the gas once you got beyond the line of scrimmage, but there was kind of this Le'Veon Bell patient, I'm going to find my hole, and then when I find it, I'm going to make you pay. Right. How would you describe your running style? Uh, just, just more of a patience, but once that that timer tick off, you got to hit it. Right. Um, kind of like slow, 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 go. Yeah. That's what I learned coming to this league, man, and watching Frank go in front of me, uh, who yeah. actually just retired. Yeah, finally. Frank OG, uh, legend. Um, but just watching him be patient, but once he, he hit it, he hit it. He, uh, he went hard. So that's that's kind of helped my game. And when I came into it, man, I had to learn be patient, slow it down a little bit, but then go. And that's when I used that speed and, and get through the hole. Marlon Mack with us. So far in your career, you've been around a bunch of different quarterbacks yeah. with one franchise, but a lot of guys have been through that door. So what are you seeing in young Davis Mills here as he enters year two? And I know it's your first interaction with him in off-season practices, but how has that been for you? What are you seeing in the young quarterback? Uh, uh, big steps is leadership out of him. Uh, he got that, that leadership that all, all QBs need. Uh, leading us, getting guys in the right formation, right play, make sure guys know what they're doing. And uh, that's what you need in a quarterback, man. That leadership, that leading guys, that's uh, leading by example, um, telling us, make sure everybody in the right direction, going to know the play and being on point, man. That's what I, I see in him. Marlon, we love Houston. We love Texas. But Mark was the play-by-play voice of the Miami Hurricanes. I coach in Northeast Florida. Mm. So we know there's something a little different about players, especially those from the South Florida area. Right. What is it? How do you describe it? We see so many players around the league yeah. that are from the South Florida area, as Fort Lauderdale or you know down in Miami, Dade County, whatever it is. Why? What's what's in the water? What's in the sauce? What <laughs> what makes that area so rich with ball players? Uh, I do not know, man. For many years, I always wondered, but it's just like uh, we just we're born into it, I guess. Yeah. Uh, we we live it, we sweat it, we just we just grow up playing it so much, and we, we love it, man. Uh, I don't know, but there's a lot of us, and there's yeah. a bunch of talent down there. So whatever's in the water, keep being in the water. <laughs> did you know – when did you know I'm going to the league? When did you uh, know, I, did, A, this is my goal, hmm. and then, B, I can get there, and I'm going to get there? Uh, I won't even lie, man. I, I didn't recognize it until, like, my sophomore year in college. Really? Uh, I just went through it. I was just playing a game to join it. Um, sophomore year, after I racked up, like, my uh, – my, my freshman year, I did a thousand. Second yeah. year, I did a thousand again. I had went like thirteen hundred. I was like, "Oh man, I I think I got a chance, man." Yeah. And, and I just got to keep improving, and that's when I believed in myself. I knew I could do it. Why'd you pick South Florida? Fifteen years earlier, it might have been Florida, Florida State, Miami, yeah. but then South Florida comes up, and Central Florida. There are other options that are attractive. What attracted you to South Florida? Uh, South Florida was was kind of there from the start. Um, they believed in me. Uh, I believed in the program. I wanted to help it get back to what it was. And uh, Coach Willie Taggart, man, he was in my ear. And uh, mm-hmm. 
he was just like, man, let's get his backs program to where it was ranked number two in the nation, man. And I believe that on um, that root, uh, our recruiting class that year was one of the tops in the nation. And uh, I believed in all of us, and, and I believed in the, the school. I wanted to help Tampa areas, that mm -hmm. kind of South Florida area, and actually bring up the school, and that's what we did, man. All right, Tim, either or is you ready? This is pretty simple. Okay. It's just either or. Uh -huh. What you use, an iPhone, Android? iPhone. Okay, good. Would you rather be mic'd up for a full game or sing your favorite karaoke song at a karaoke bar? I'll be mic'd up for a full game. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's picked singing Nobody's yet. picked yeah. singing karaoke no. yet. No. See, I might. Uh, okay. The only pizza you can have is pineapple pizza. Mm. That's it. Or never having pizza ever. I have the pineapple pizza. I you're, mean, I'm not a big fan of it, but you'll have it. I have it. Okay, you'll have. Would it. you okay. take the pineapple pieces off the pizza before eating it, or leave them? Some days, once I get tired of it, I would. I would yeah, take yeah. it off. Yeah, could, <laughs> yeah. yeah. exactly. Yeah. Uh, shoes, AJ ones or AJ elevens? Uh, ones. Yeah. Okay. Now we've asked this a few times, gotten some different answers. Business dress, mm -hmm. but it's not. Yeah. It's not like a business event. Yeah. But you got to have business dress on. Maybe we're traveling. Yeah. Traveling. Good. You wearing clean Jordans mm. or you wearing some leather dress shoes? It do, it depends what I'm feeling like the sauce that day. Really? Yeah. Okay. So I might go I'm, I'm a I'm a Jordan one guy first though. Okay. And then I'll probably switch it up sometime. See, I think Jordan ones can go with a lot of different dresses. Right. You know, like suits and such. Right. I, I believe that too. Different colorways. I uh, mean, you can have some fun with that. Yeah, you definitely have different colorways. Gotta go uh the low top, man. The low top ones. All, All right, one more for you. Okay. 100 degrees or 30 degrees? 100 degrees. Easily. <laughs> All right. 100 degrees, easily. That's okay. a self Florida, Florida guy, yeah. Texas guy. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Marlon, is. thanks a lot for joining us. Good luck. Thank you. There it was, a Marlon Mack attack in the Hyundai Texans radio studio. Hey, Marlon Mack attack. I might be able to use that this season. I hope I get to a lot. All right, let's continue with running backs. Royce Freeman, we visited with him around minicamp as well. You might remember he showed up during the campaign last year, and he burst out of the scene in the NFL in 2018 with the Denver Broncos. Here he is talking about the adjustment to year two in Houston. Great. I mean, just getting to know uh, more of the staff and the players that have returned and, you know, getting to the flow of things, like you said, being able to get a full offseason. I mean, it's very exciting. I'm, I'm just excited to be here. How important is that to be more comfortable, if you will? You come in last year and you're like, man, I don't even know where the bathroom is. Hmm. Now you're here for a year. How much more comfortable do you feel and how much how much more important is that for you? Uh, very important. And also, like I said, being able to, to learn from the staff, learn the staff and the players, you know, get associated with them. But um, – being able to have that full offseason of work, being able to show the capabilities, work with the training staff, work with the the um, strength and conditioning staff. So, yep. I mean, uh, all positive. For your position, Royce, how different is this system with Pep Hamilton as the coordinator versus what you got last year with the Texans? Um, honestly, we're, we're kind of similar in a way. I think we're doing a good job of going ahead and uh, exploiting um, our weapons we have on, on offense, you know, and I think we're trying to – be able to get the weapons, the ball, and, and go out there and um, just put a lot of pressure on the defense. Just like I said, exploit exploit them. This off season, what was the biggest thing that you wanted to work on for you personally? Like, hey man, I've got to be able to do this. So I'm work on this this off season, or was it I got to just get better at everything? I'm just gonna yeah. do what I've done the past years. Yeah, I agree with with the latter. Just being able to do everything I've done in the past, but at a higher level. Yeah. I mean, being a jack of all trades, basically uh, anything they ask me to do, the staff. Um, the coaching staff, I, I want to be able to do, and I want to uh, succeed and excel at that. I mean, um, 
just from special teams all the way to um, actual pass protections, running the ball. So anything to ask of me, like I said, being able to excel at that. Well, in OTAs, mini camp, no contact really. There's some contact, yeah. but it's not like you guys are hitting and taking people to the ground and things like that. But what can you get better at right now? And then talk about the rookies too, or a rookie back like Damian Pierce trying to get adjusted to the NFL. You were a rookie in 2018 and had some success. What was the key to that? I think everyone can get better at, uh, like you said, it's a new offense. So just slowing it down, being able to to learn the ins and outs of it, you know, and that'll come over time. But especially uh, as a rookie, relating back to my rookie year, it just feels like a whole whole different world. You know, you have guys who are the best of the best, the elite. You know, the coaches did a great job of, of building this team up, and we have some great players. And um, just uh, DP, uh, Damian, he's done a great job of just learning and taking everything from the veteran leaders in the group. And um, I'm excited to see him grow. He, he's definitely been able to to grasp everything and helping him out along the way. Royce, we talk about this a lot. When new coaching staff takes over or the coordinator takes over, oh, it's a new offense and it's, it's a new defense. And a lot is made of that because we talk about the NFL game being so complicated, all the verbiage and all that kind of stuff. What is it really like to learn a new offense? Um, honestly, they're they're all kind of similar in a way. I mean, I've learned a couple since I've been in the league, but I think with repetition and more exposure, the the easier and the quicker it is to learn it. You know, you just got to dive into the books. You got to get with the quarterbacks. You yeah. know, um, they're the ones soaking up everyone, um, the knowledge. Um, you know, everybody's um, responsibility and things like that. Picking the brains of your position coach and the offensive coordinator. So, I mean, diving into it full force is, is the best method, honestly. What are you seeing from Davis Mills going into his second year as the leader of the offense? I, I feel like, I mean, like I was just partially here last year, but mm -hmm. um, and what I've seen, he's more comfortable. Um, he's he's exuding that leadership role, um, looking to him for guidance, especially offensively, you know, knowing everyone's responsibility. And um, I'm just excited to see him excel playing-wise. So you're a Cali guy, right? I am. San Diego, right? Uh, Imperial Valley, technically two hours east of San Diego. Okay, all right. Down in the desert. So, but you're a Cali guy. Yeah, I'm down in the through. desert. Yeah, that's a crazy ride, bro. I did that <laughs> last year from Houston yeah. to San Diego. Like, really? where, like the the are are you in the like huge mountains and all that? Uh, yeah, I tell people, you know, you leave the mountains of San Diego as you're getting into you know Palm Desert into uh, into the valley as we call it, and you know if you think you're lost, just keep going and it's we'll nuts. be down there. Imperial it's, Valley. Okay, and then you went to school in Oregon. I did. Played in Denver. I did. So was Houston last year when you got here, was that the first time, other than maybe playing a game here or traveling through here, that you had been in Houston? Was that kind of the first, your introduction to Houston being here? And what was that like coming here? Um, it, it was very exciting. I uh, Just being around and, and knowing of the team, you yeah. know, um, being able to watch them as I've been in the league growing up and, and being a part of the organization and seeing what it's all about playing in NRG, playing against the, the conference, you know, it was very exciting. It's just like something that I was just fully embraced in and, um, and uh, at coming here, it was just something that I um, was very grateful for. What's Danny Barrett like in the running back room? I mean, he's got a great personality yeah. and everything. I know he's recovering from a knee injury or something right now, but that probably doesn't affect you guys. I don't know if he talks about that, but what is he like to be a boss? Oh, he's great. He's he's chill, but as as far as like being a coach, he definitely gets his point across. He uh, he wants the details. You know, he wants us to to excel as well. So like we're out there on the field, we're working. But he has the full most trust in, in all of us to, to get the job done. And that's something I appreciate uh, coming from a player, um, receiving it from a coach, just like the, the respect that he has for us as, 
you know, running backs to go out there and, and handle business. Our minicamp visit with Royce Freeman in the Hyundai Texans radio studio. Coming up, another running back. He used to be a Texan. He used to be a Jaguar. Now he's a Texan. Keep track. Dare Ogumbawale joins us, followed by Jay Foreman. Really fun interviews on the way here on the summer specials, players past and present for your Texans here on Texans All Access. Keeping it rolling here on this summer specials week with Texans players past and present, members of our Legends community, and of course, current players. Johnny Harris and I visited with a bunch of them during minicamp. Let's get to this running back. Two running backs so far, as we heard from Marlon Mack and Royce Freeman. Dare Agunboale has made a name for himself in this league as a special teams player who could also help out at running back very well, thank you. Former Jaguar, but he also spent time with the Houston Texans. Let's get to our visit. Daria Gunwale joining us on Texans Radio. Did I say that correctly? Yeah, you said it perfectly. All right. Well, yeah. you know why? Because you were here before. <laughs> Welcome home. You're that's finally right. back. I'm back, man. So that's got to be strange. You know, you've had a little bit of a journey here between, what was it, 2017 yep, yep. and now. So tell us your reaction to coming back to Houston. It was um strange. I wouldn't say strange is the word. I mean, it was definitely exciting, man, just – um, just a kind of a full circle type of moment type thing. Um, I loved Houston when I was here uh, for those couple months I was here uh, starting off my NFL journey and um, bounced around, had some success. So now being back um, with a lot of, like I said, a little bit more success, a little bit more comfort in the league, um, it's, it's a good feeling. So when you think back, now we went to the Greenbrier for training camp, so it was a little different. But when you think back to you being a rookie and you think about where you are now, Night and day different. What's kind of the biggest? What's the biggest thing you've probably learned about yourself about the whole process of the NFL? It's a business. We all we all. Yeah, learn I mean, those I things. was gonna say that that first and foremost, I would say it's a business, man. Just when you're a rookie, like it's like I, I felt I was good enough to be here, but obviously there was just different things that got in the way. Um, but I was still, like I said, still on practice squad. Still uh, had a lot of fun with the guys in the locker room. But yeah, it was just um, it, it's a lot different than you expect when you're in college, and then um getting a chance to bounce around, seeing different type of coaches, seeing different locker rooms. Um, being back here now, like I said, I just feel like I got a bigger grasp on what the NFL life is like, what it takes to be successful in the league. And um, I feel like I've uh, I kind of gotten a good, uh, like I said, a good grasp of that. And um, I'm excited. I'm excited to be back here, man. All right, Dari, you're with Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville for a bit. And now you're with Davis Mills. Compare and contrast. No, but <laughs> tell, us, tell us a little bit about what you're seeing from Davis so far. And if you want, you know, throw in some Trevor Lawrence information there, too. <laughs> well, Trevor, like, Trevor, me and Trevor, we got along great, man. Trevor mm-hmm. was a great teammate. It was fun to be a part of that season with him. And, obviously, he was highly touted rookie and stuff. And yeah. Davis, I see a lot of the same talent, man. Obviously, he didn't have the same um, – scouting report that mm-hmm. Trevor had coming out. But Davis is talented, man. He's real talented, and, and he's a good leader, man. He's a good leader, and um, I'm excited to play with him. Um, he, he, he's going to have a lot of success in the league. I feel like he's going to have a lot of success this year. And um, like I said, he's just got great arm talent, um, great poise. He's really, really smart. I mean, um, that Stanford stereotype, he's real smart. <laughs> um, so, yeah, like I said, I'm excited to play with him, and um, I, I, I can see it now. He's going to have a very successful career. As you come back to Houston, what was the biggest thing that you wanted to work on to get ready for 2022? Uh, I would probably say just more offense. You know, I mean, I've, I've kind of got this role in the league now as being yep. a special teamer. I've yep. had a lot of success on special teams, been special teams captain. Um, just want to kind of prove that I'm a good offensive player as well. 
um, can make a lot of plays out of the backfield, and that's just something that um, obviously comes with reps and things like that. But I'm definitely looking forward to being able to make some plays this year uh, uh, at running back. When you're facing the Texans as a Jaguar, is there anything extra? Because, well, it all started here. And when you face Jacksonville now as a Texan, will there be anything extra? I don't think so, man. It's every <laughs> every week. I mean, you obviously you, you got your boys on the other teams. I mean, being in my sixth year now, I've accumulated a lot of friends in the league. So it's, it's that's more so what it is, you know, just yeah. getting to know the guys that you're playing against. It's not really the organization because at the end of the day, like I said, it's a business. You can't. Um, just go around being bitter at every team I cut you. Uh, I've been cut a bunch, so I can't really be like that. But no, nah, it's more so just being uh, being excited to play against my friends on the other mm -hmm. team, other Wisconsin guys, other Big Ten guys. Um, just playing to get able to play against them. Well, Sunday. you made a great point because sixth year in the league, everyone's changing teams, yeah. right? I mean, every team flips the at roster every twice. three or four yeah. years. Yeah. So hey, I remember you. Exactly. It must happen all the time. And exactly. you were with Tampa Bay twice mm -hmm. as well. Right. So, yeah, like I said, it's, and even being here in Houston now, I mean, there's not many guys that were here when I was first here besides, right. what, weeks? Um, yeah. But there's yeah. a bunch of guys in the <laughs> locker room that I've played on on different teams, played with yeah. different okay. teams. So it's um that's just the nature of being in the league. Like, rosters are real fluid. So you get to play with a lot of different guys, and um, sometimes you get to play against them too. More from our minicamp visit with Dare Ogunbowale in the Hyundai Texans radio studio. Okay. You're from Milwaukee. You went to the University of Wisconsin. I was born about an hour north of Green Bay, so I lived there for 10, 11 years before I got here. So the Badgers, they tug at my heartstrings a little bit. I want you to make a case for the Wisconsin Badgers to be RBU. Uh, you said this isn't a, a visual thing, but no. I got RBU tatted on my shoulder Look at right that. here. I, I, just I, feel like I that's, had no idea. I feel I like no that's idea. my case right there. It's, it's, it's obvious, man. We We – we, we've done it for it's a long been time. one after another. It one after another, man. Years. I mean, we You can start my freshman year. We had Monty Ball, James White, Melvin Gordon, me, Corey Clement, Jonathan Taylor. Now we got Braylon Allen. I mean, just back yeah. to back to back. It doesn't make sense. So um, people, they, they have their arguments on different teams, different schools. But, I mean, I feel like it's pretty obvious. I mean, because we got fullbacks too, man. We got yeah, Alec yeah. Ingold in the league, Derek Wadden in the league. We got fullbacks too. So um, I think it's pretty obvious. It's, it's, it's RBU. And even before you guys, too, even before you, you had uh, Anthony Davis, um, Ron Dane, Ron John Dane. Clay. Yeah, you I mean, had the list. Is, like I said, I was just starting it's from endless. freshman year. So, yeah, we, we I mean, it's, the list is endless, like you said. Brian Calhoun, All right, yeah. dog. So, we, we just had dogs, man. So, yeah. um, I think it's RBU, obviously. Ron Dane had almost 800 yards here in 2007. So, if we get that from you this year, awesome. Dari Agunbuale with us. All right. Hurry up offense. A couple of off-field questions okay. for you. Ready to go? Yes, All right. Sport you would be playing professionally if it wasn't football. Soccer. Well, soccer. Without a doubt, yeah. You, who's your soccer squad? It was always PSG because I was a Zlatan fan, but now I kind of just like all the teams. Just I mean, There's so, so many good players now. Yeah. It's kind of hard to just pick one. All right. Other profession other than being a professional athlete. Hmm. What are you doing if you're not playing professional football? Uh, I'd probably say coach. I'd probably uh, okay. may, maybe like a basketball coach. I love basketball too, so mm -hmm. I'd probably be like a basketball, high school basketball coach if I wasn't playing football right now. Okay, cheat food. Burgers. I mean, you're, you say you are born in Wisconsin. Culver's, yeah. man. Culver's yeah, yeah. butter burger. I'm taking yep. that every day. Yeah, absolutely. What about these cheese curds or whatever? Exactly. Whoa, 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 whoa. What do you mean, what about these cheese curds? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> you can get it to overrated there regional is... foods. Stop. Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> Sorry, Dari. Uh, one more for you. Give me two or three musical artists you really like. I'm a big Afrobeats guy, so I'm going to say Burna Boy, um, 
WizKid, and then you can't go wrong with saying Beyonce. So I'm going to say Beyonce for sure. Yeah, you're tapping nice. Houston, Houston to the zone. Houston aspect. All right, you said you're a basketball guy, so I got a couple either or's for you. Either Michael or LeBron. Oh, come on. You're trying to give the fans the – Pick size on me already. I'm gonna I'm gonna say LeBron just because I mean people that say Michael I didn't I didn't watch him you know okay, and see, I don't want to I don't yeah. want to be that guy like Michael Jordan but I've never so watched the full. I'm movie, in the you know? Michael demographic but I yeah. say LeBron. Ah, respect I respect that. It's Michael Michael <laughs> Michael Michael would he he crush you like in a competitive <laughs> battle Michael would crush. Well, yeah. Like Michael didn't have to score thirty to beat you but he would find the way that he needed to beat you. That's like the description of Magic Johnson too. Yeah, Magic could do that. You can throw Magic in that. That documentary yeah. is pretty good, by the way. Yeah, it's it is. Very, very good. Okay, here's one. Build your football team around one. Giannis or Ja? Giannis. Uh, well, hmm. I'm, is, are we going like rookie year Giannis just, versus rookie year Ja no, right now? I'm just talking right now. You build your football team. Football oh, team. Oh, football team. Build I didn't even catch that. I didn't even ca- oh, then I'll probably go with Ja. Giannis or Ja? I'll probably say Ja. I mean, you can – you could probably put him on offense or defense, depending on how you want to build the team. But Giannis would be a red zone threat. Ron, Giannis would be a, a dog in the red zone. You're right. Like tight end, receiver, throwing a jump ball. You got to get to the red zone. But you got to get to the red zone. But you got Wisconsin running back, so you can get to the red zone, then you just throw it to him. Wisconsin it to Giannis. Throw. Yeah, that, you, you're right. I, I don't think you can go wrong with either one of them. Don't you feel uh, there's a lot about football, though, that some of these other, even the best athletes in the world, don't get as far as the contact, the collision nature oh, yeah. of the sport. It's a completely different sport, man. It's a uh, and growing up, I played a lot of sports. It's just one. The uh, what I always say, the team aspect of football is unlike any other sport. Yep. Just because you, I mean, you can be a number one draft pick in the NBA and change the whole trajectory of a of an organization. But in yep. football, I mean, you're a number one running back picked in the draft, not doing much if you ain't got a good old line. So it's just the whole the whole team aspect of football is completely different than any other sport. But like you said, it's Contact is, is a lot different. To, you can't replicate that in other sports. Does that kind of go along with your point about Trevor in that, not to criticize the Jaguars as a squad, but that it takes more than just a good young quarterback to turn a team around? 100%. 100%. It's, uh, it's usually not a one-year flip, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. when you have a high talent like that. Um, it, it takes a lot more than just, like I said, it just takes a lot more than just a, a once-in-a-generational player in football. All right, Dari, thanks a lot for joining us. Good luck. For sure. Nice to be here, guys. There's Dari Agunboale visiting with us during minicamp in the Hyundai Texans radio studio. Coming up, we go back to the Where Are They Now podcast series with Drew Doherty and Jay Foreman, who I've used on Texans radio in the early days of Texans radio, which is actually about 10 years ago, as somewhat of a commentator. But Jay doesn't live in the market, so that made it a little tough. But he's really sharp on analyzing NFL stuff. And of course, sharp about talking about, hey, sharper, I just fell into that whole thing. Jamie Sharper was a tackling machine. Jay Foreman was a tackling machine. This defense brought it in the early years of Houston Texans history. And Jay visits with Drew next here on Texans Radio. Final segment tonight, we go back to the Where Are They Now podcast series with Drew Doherty visiting with Texans past. That would be Jay Foreman, member of that Legends community. And we've seen him around over the years, like I said at the end of the last segment, I just want to set this up for you like this. Jay and Jamie Sharper were outstanding linebackers for this team in the early going. Inside linebackers in the Vic Fangio coached 3-4 with Kylie Wong outside and Jeff Posey as well at outside linebacker. Posey would lead the team in sacks in year one and end up getting a big free agent contract at the time with the Buffalo Bills going into year two. 
But let's set this defense up for you. Gary Walker, Seth Payne, Jerry Deloach on the defensive line. Kylie, Jay Foreman, Jamie Sharper, and Posey at linebacker. Then in the secondary, pro bowler Aaron Glenn. He made it the inaugural year. Marcus Coleman, who we heard from last night in the Where Are They Now series segment. Eric Brown is still around as a Texans Legends community member at safety, along with Matt Stevens, who was at the end of his career with the Texans. He actually got paralyzed in a motorcycle accident in 2007, but regained movement as of 2011, best I could tell from my web research. But that was the defense, and they finished right in the middle of the pack in year one, despite the fact that the offense had all sorts of struggles, sometimes starting as many as six rookies. But Jay was a huge part of this defense. Make no mistake, tackling machine, like I said. And Drew Doherty had a nice visit with him in the Where Are They Now podcast series. It's been way too long. I think it was, you know, during Andre Johnson's Ring of Honor weekend in 17. And before that, we'd see it training camp from time to time. But you're looking good. How are you? What's going on these days? Where are you and what are you doing? Yeah, I'm back in uh, my original stomping grounds in uh, Lincoln, Nebraska. Um, Uh I've been working for a company called Midwest Holding. So I kind of just help them out with their uh, marketing and sales a little bit. So I've been doing that for a while. Um, Coach a little bit of youth basketball and Every once in a while, I'll go down and help with the Husker uh, football team. Um, th- mainly this year, I went down there quite a, quite a bit. So just kind of stay, stay busy, man. And, um, you know, health is, you know, decent for the most part. Um, you know, still got, you know, obviously neck and back injuries, but nothing, uh, you know, out of the norm. So uh, just trying to live life. And you know how it is, man, just trying to, uh, you know, I enjoy watching football now um, and don't have to get ready to get those hits all the time. So uh, <laughs> These dudes are moving at, you know, I, I would like to think people thought when I played, I was moving that fast, but these dudes look like they're moving a lot faster than I ever did. Well, you were moving quick, quickly. You were moving fast in those days for sure. 2006 was, I guess, your last year that you played in a regular season game. You yeah. just mentioned it was fun or it is fun watching games. Was that immediate? Did it, were you able to watch like in 2007 without, you know, kind of having, man. Yeah. You know, to be honest with you, uh, I didn't watch football or do anything with football for like two or three years. I mean, mm-hmm. I didn't, I mean, I'm talking about, I didn't watch high school, college or pros, um, you know, cause I'd never ever been injured and I got hurt my last year at Houston and um, never seemed to be able to get back on, on track and then kind of bounced around the last, you know, couple of years and hurt my neck real bad. So you never leave and didn't leave the game, not even close how I'd like. And most of us don't. Um, and so, you know, you're trying to figure stuff out, but um, you know, me coming back to Nebraska uh, periodically kind of rekindled that. And then that, you know, led me when I'd be down in training camp every year. Uh, did a little bit of media stuff when they had Comcast Sportsnet and did some stuff with the Texans. And they did, the Texans have always done a good job with uh, us original Texans or any alumni keep keeping us involved when we're in town. So, yeah, um, you know, so then that it, it kind of, you know, um, uh, you know, snowballed from there. And uh, now I get this, you know, when I do get, a free moment and watch a good game. I, I definitely sit down and, and uh, watch it from a fan's perspective. More from Drew Doherty's podcast with Jay Foreman from the Where Are They Now series. So you're in Lincoln. Yeah. When you were playing for the Huskers, you guys <laughs> were no joke, man. I mean, y'all yeah. were one of the bullies in college football. What's yeah. it like? You said you help out with the team. What sort of stuff do you do? And what's it like, you know, being in, in Lincoln and and seeing the team now versus what, what it was like when you were there. Obviously, there's yeah, big differences, but yeah, you know. it's a it's a drastic difference of obviously the record. Yeah. Um, 
but you know, it's good to be around. And the only thing I'm not down there like a full time, no way by a coach. I just volunteer every once in a while. And what I try to do is work with the players uh, from a mental standpoint, you know, kind of focus in and understand that, you know, you only get to play this game a short time. Um, you know, I think it's like what under 1% that guys that make it and, and they stay a little bit longer than they're supposed to for, uh, you know, you know, getting, you know, your veteran status in the NFL. So I try to get them to understand, maximize your opportunity, um, take advantage of it. And it's more from the mental side. And um, mainly that was this year. And as far as the team goes, you know, obviously there just uh, been a lot of transition, you know, because when I was here, Coach Osborne was here. It's kind of like Nick Saban is now at uh, Alabama and that's how we played. And so, uh, you know, obviously it brings back good memories watching them. And then Scott, you know, who is a former teammate of mine, is trying to get it back on the right track. So it's been very frustrating as an alumni uh, just because I'm not used to seeing Nebraska lose at this rate. <laughs> um, but I think they're on the right track. So, um, you know, I just try to, you look, I always try to tell play, any players, whether it's a rookie or somebody that's, you know, playing in the NFL aspirations, even college or high school to college, what I did good, what I wish I would have maybe done different, where I kind of ran into a little bit of uh, speed bumps. And maybe if I heard a story or two that may correlate to what they're doing, because I feel like that's the one of the best ways that um, I can give back is help people if they if it could help one player maybe have a good or better experience playing football or maybe last a year or two longer in the NFL, then that's what you're supposed to do. Because, you know, when I was growing up, I was fortunate enough that my dad uh, was a pretty prominent player in his time. Not even biased. I think he should probably get in the in the Hall of Fame. Um, not there yet, but I was able to be exposed to a lot of guys that he played with and played against. So just going mm-hmm. to different events and stuff. And so that's what you know. It kind of really made my transition a little bit easier going from college or from high school to college, college to pros. So I, felt, I always told myself if I ever was in a position like that and people asked my advice or thought I could help out in any way, that's the least that you can do is just try to help out because it's hard to do, man. It's a uh, you know playing just playing a game at the NFL level is an accomplishment. And then when you're talking about putting a career together and trying to be successful uh, because the competition is thick. So um, that's kind of what I'm doing down there in Nebraska or did last year. And, um, you know, we'll see if I go back this year. I think, you know, obviously they haven't even got back to school yet. So it's, it's nothing that's going to be on the horizon. But, you know, mainly it's, uh, you know, I'm good to try to help out the game as much as possible. Continuing with the Where Are They Now series podcast, Drew Doherty visiting with Jay Foreman. Yeah, you just brought this. This interview is about you. Uh, but you just brought up your father, Chuck Foreman, running back. For those that don't know, uh, the 1970s, the Minnesota Vikings, I mean, they were one of the creme de la creme in the NFL during that period, played in a lot of Super Bowls. So, yeah. yeah, you're right. Your dad is one of the greats, and he does deserve a lot more consideration for sure. Yeah. Uh, tell me about coming into the NFL. You leave Nebraska. You go to the Buffalo Bills steadily. You get better year by year. You spent three yeah. years with them. Your final year there – you get over 100 tackles, and right. then you are an original Texan, yep. but you're not everybody knows this. You were traded to traded. the Texans. So <laughs> yeah. what was that like? Tell me about that transition. Because I think people, was, people assume, you know, they saw that what you did with the Texans. You were one of the leaders yeah. on that great defense. We can say right. it now. It was a great yeah. defense. Wins and yeah. losses, it didn't translate because of some stuff going on on the offensive side of the ball. You guys were a hell of a defense. You were one of their right. leaders, but you were not one of the expansion draftees. Right, yeah. You know, what's funny is, the internet was very uh, immature at that time. It sure you know, was. I think, yeah. I think you know, you know, where you, you know, the whole thing is, you know, you try to get you right, you have to try to build yourself up, and then maybe get a tender at that time, which is 
you know, a fourth year contract. I was a late round draft choice. And, and like you said, steady worked my way up, played a few games my rookie year, started a lot my second year, got a new coach, did pretty well, you know, and then the only thing that you could get on the internet back then, and, and we had dial up, you know, so we had no, inter- no uh, Wi-Fi was to get on, I think a website, kffl.com. And, you know, that's where you get your free agency news. And so the expansion draft went, um, they usually had to notify you whether you were going to be in it. And I never got notified uh, because I was a restricted free agent. So they really couldn't, but they could. And um, so, you know, they signed a veteran linebacker that had previous experience with coach Williams, who was the coach at Buffalo at the time, Greg Williams. So I was kind of in limbo, but you know, my agent was like, you go back there and maybe they'll switch your positions and you'll play. And went out there for like the first, like kind of mini camp OTAs. And they said, before you step out here, I just want to let you know, we just traded you for Charlie Rogers. And then, um, you know, next thing you know, I think that night or that very next morning, I was on my way to Houston, which, you know, I'd only been down to Texas playing and co- playing in college. And so we played down in San Antonio in the big 12 championship, but I'd never really been to Texas. And I, mm-hmm. but I play with tons of guys from Texas and you hear, I always say this guys from Texas, it's always bigger and better. And when you get there, I didn't even realize Houston at that time was the third largest city in the whole United States, you know? Yeah. So I'm learning on the fly, let alone when I left Buffalo, it was considering a hot day. I think it was like 68 degrees and sunny get down in Houston. I oh, think it was, it goodness. was, it was 90 degrees, 90% humidity. And Dom was the coach. I didn't really know what was going on. Um, the best thing I think that could have happened to me was, um, Chris Brown was, had just signed as a free agent, I think, from Pittsburgh uh-huh. as a kicker. Me and him played together. So that's good you have a familiar face. Even though he's a kicker, he, you know, obviously we're not in the same, you know, position group room, but you still know him. And sure. we've been knowing each other since we've been 18. And then I knew Kali Wong because in the offseason I lived in Minneapolis and he came down from the Vikings. So at least I had some guys I could talk to and converse. And I knew all the players that they picked up, you know, just – you know, they were all, you know, Seth Payne, Jamie Sharper, Aaron Glenn, Marcus Coleman, um, Gary Walker, so forth and so on. So I was like, oh, you know, look, it's to be a, you know, good situation or, you know, playing with some good players. Got down here and, um, you know, they threw me in the fire. Reggie Herring was my uh, linebacker coach. And if you know anything about Reggie, he is definitely intense. And um, the good thing that I didn't know until – you know, middle of the first season was he knew my linebacker coach in Buffalo. They must have coached together. So he knew kind of what buttons to push and Reggie brought out the best in me, man. And um, I love Reggie to this day. I still, you know, text with him, you know, three or four times a year. Um, and we really dove in. I got to learn the defense, which was, a, you know, very, very complex defense, the Dom Capers 3-4 defense. But once I got there, I kind of felt like I took off individually and it allowed me to prosper not only as a player, but then also as a leader, you know, be more, yeah. of a vo- you know, be a voice, grow up. I was still was a fourth year player. So you got to think Jamie Sharper was a Super Bowl champion. Aaron Glenn was a numerous time pro bowler. Marcus Coleman should have. Gary Walker's been a pro bowler. Seth Plain was really, really good. And so I had to find my way. But then once I got in there and I figured, you know, the best thing that I can do is show up early every day, work my tail off, produce and everything else as far as them under you know welcoming me as the leader when you're the middle linebacker and the play caller you're just a you're the you're the de facto leader whether you like it or not and then it 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 just kind of was a perfect marriage man and we played hard for each other we played you know uh, a lot of great football the first two years and where injuries hit us in the third year um and I love those guys you know we went through some times together where 
you know, the offense was very lean um, and it's a new team, you know, and uh, you were kind of, you know, new organization, but that we had tremendous amount of uh, support organizationally wise and fan base wise. So we, so that was really good, but uh, you know, we had to take it on the chin and, and every time we see Houston have success, you kind of feel like you have a little bit invested in it because, you know, sure. it, we were the, the, the original guys and they make us feel at home too, you know, when you come back and stuff and all the players that they, or that I've ever came in, you know, contact with, you know, afterwards are really, really good. So I always look back at Houston as a, a secondary home. If I didn't live in Nebraska, I definitely live in Houston. I love going back there. I miss it. You know, obviously now during the winter here in Nebraska, but I love the city <laughs> of Houston, nothing but fond memories. Um, some of my best friends are down there and, um, and I made a lot of great friends that I still talk to. Yeah. Um, and we're, you know, haven't been down there for quite some time, but every time we see each other, uh, it's, we start right over. Like when I see Fred Weary, I love, I love going back to alumni week weekend, seeing Eric Brown. Cause he's the guy, he's yep. the, he's the one of the best personalities. We it's a character, man. man. And Kenny Wright, you know, you see him every Corey Bradford. Um, and then Fred Weary. I love seeing Fred. I mean, uh, cause we used to butt heads all the time. Um, <laughs> but it, he's a guy I have a tremendous amount of respect for him as a player, as a person. But we had, we, even though we obviously didn't win as much as we thought we should or could or whatever the situation was, it was never from a lack of effort um, or, 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 you know, trying to do the right thing. And we really bonded. I mean, you got to think to take the leap of faith, whether you got picked up in the expansion draft or traded, ideally it's not probably where you want to go as a ascending player. Um, but you get down there and you make it work and you start to build relationships and you go through the grind and you make it the first year, second, third year, you know, you kind of start to have a, a, a good foundation. And, uh, you know, one of the things I wish they could have done was maybe let us try to do it one more year. Cause I felt like we could have got a little bit more healthy on defense, obviously infuse some draft choices or, or whatever they did. And Andre was really starting to take off. Um, and we started to kind of get a little bit better on that side of the ball and, and stuff like that. Um, I think we could have really did some things, but obviously it worked out, you know, obviously shortly after that. And they uh, made the playoffs numerous times, which was great to see because yeah. uh, the, definitely the city of Houston definitely, you know, obviously deserved, you know, obviously a winner. And, um, you know, you know, I, I, I always, you see it right now. I got, got my Houston Jersey here and Buffalo there, you know, I played two more seasons for giants in San Francisco, but these are the only two that I have framed. And I always, you know, Think of the Houston uh, first and foremost, even though um, you know we're drafted by the Buffalo Bills. Former Texans linebacker, Texans legends, community member Jay Foreman visiting with Drew Doherty as part of the Where Are They Now podcast series, and you can get all of that good stuff on HoustonTexans.com and the Texans app. All of our podcasts, all of these shows, all the videos from our Emmy Award-winning video crew. Yeah, it's all there. And the articles, too, including mine on the five most prolific Texans villains in franchise history from this past Wednesday. So enjoy that. A lot to go over next week. Johnny will be back. We'll be on. Let's do it. Have a great weekend, everyone. Thanks for listening, and go Texans.